Hey everybody, your pal Ruark here, just letting you know that uh, Watch Party Network's newest podcast, A Watch Party of Ice and Fire, all about the House of the Dragon prequel to Game of Thrones, is dropping this week. That's right, the first episode is dropping this week, and we're going to include it right here in our stream, so that you can all hear that, and if you enjoy it, you can go subscribe to that. Also, be sure to go check out our Maiden podcast, that's right, Watch Party Lord of the Rings, hosted by Michael and Jen, and they are really gearing up getting ready for the new Rings of Power show that is debuting next month on Amazon Prime. So stick with us, Watch Party Podcasting Network. We've got a lot of cool things coming. Welcome to Watch Party Wheel of Time. I'm your host, Ruark, joined once again by my co-host, Saima. What up, wheelies? Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. And of course, our panel of newbies. Say hello, panel. Hello. Hello, panel. Joining us today is Siobhan. Hey, everybody. There's Samaria. Happy Sunday. Greg. Hello there. And David. Hello, I am Davids. I like Mr. Spock on the Battlestar Galacticas. Uh, yeah, today we've got a really exciting episode for you. We are going to react to uh, some of the things that were just dropped at the San Diego Comic-Con this year. Nerd um, Christmas! Third Christmas, that's right. <laughs> no, Nerd Christmas. Oh, Nerd Christmas, even better. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what the second Christmas was, and I just figured that was when the show itself dropped. No, it's overall Nerd Christmas for everybody. Okay, Nerd Christmas, I'll, I'll go with that. Uh, yeah, we got uh, a, a panel about Wheel of Time, and uh, Rafe Judkins, the showrunner, gave us some some amazing news. Uh, first of all, season three is already greenlit. They're, yes. they're going to move directly into season three production. Hell yeah. Uh, second of all, we got uh, a, a preview of a new Origins episode, those Origins episode that they have on X-Ray, um, and news that we're going to get more of those episodes uh, starting next month on the Amazon Prime app. So, which is awesome. I yeah. love those. They're gorgeous. They're just. I know. Gorgeous. I'm, I'm actually, might actually be more excited for those than an episode. <laughs> a little bit. Get some lore. Get some artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that dropped was a, a little behind-the-scenes featurette about season two, and we're going to go through that pretty much frame by frame and see what we can find. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, to start it out, let's talk about that Origins episode. Um, we Just to uh, explain what we saw, um, we hear a, a voice. Uh, it's Lan's voice. He's re reciting a poem. The rose petal floats on water. The kingfisher flashes above the pond. Life and beauty swirl in the midst of death. Lan's a poet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of aquatic energy or imagery there rose petal floating the kingfisher on the pond uh and the swirl so we're going water-based it seems this uh this season yeah. and and just the poem itself it, it feels very haiku like to me mm -hmm. and i can tell you that this is actually directly from the books um this is a poem written by a famous shinaran poet whose name escapes me at the moment um but it was recited by Lan in the books, and and so they used it here in this origin story. 
Thanks. And the the imagery itself, uh, we see at the beginning two soldiers looking at sunset in in what looks like a vine overgrown city. Um, then we flash to a creature, kind of kind of serpent like, its back arching in a lake. And then we cut to a vast grand hall filled with many 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 people. Uh, any thoughts so far from these? Everything looks destroyed. So, like, immediate impression. I was like, this must be either during or immediately after, you know, the breaking. Um, it just gives a vibe where there aren't a lot of survivors. People are trying to find each other. They're trickling into a central place. Um, if, like, if this is, like, if this is a government that still happens to be intact, then it's barely like hanging on um or you know it's still you know very informal after everything's been literally ripped apart um yeah the coloring in in this scene was intense like i felt very much like something was on fire the the like bright orange hue mm -hmm. of the the cityscape yeah i i kind of felt the same way myself that was that was very much my impression as well this was this is people starting to rebuild and like they're standing over the city saying, okay, now we're surveying the damage. Now you have a hall where all the survivors are getting together and going, where do we go from here? Yeah. I, I feel like from a lot of the imagery in here that this is Minethrin at the, at the point of, you know, immediately before and immediately after there, there's more stuff coming a little talk about the before but it, it looks sort of like the uh the the lead up to in the aftermath of the fall of Manetherin. Hmm. oh okay. could be yeah that's that's what i got from it all right let's uh let's get a little further into it and see what else you find um the next scene we see from above a baby and a sword both lying on an altar and then we see a woman and a man in ceremonial robes walking up. And uh, we then see a scene of riders coming forth from the city, uh, one of them with a baby on his back. Uh, what are we thinking at this point? That's Lan. So is this supposed to be from multiple episodes? Or is this teaser from a single I believe episode. this is teaser from a single episode because each of these images corresponds with something involved in, in the fall of Malkir. Oh, okay. Huh. Okay. <sighs> yeah, we've, we've only seen <laughs> it after the blight, which, you know, all those lakes have turned into poisonous bog. Yeah. Uh, the next scenes we see are are just some really quick scenes that flash by. We see rot on the ground. Um, we see soldiers on a snowy parapet. Uh, we see somebody drawing a sword. We see a Trolloc attacking. And that the art on that scene of the Trolloc attacking was just phenomenal. Just chef's kiss on that one. Gorgeous. Um, and then we see uh, the woman from earlier smacking her staff on the ground and the, the important man and the other assembled men all kneel. Now, that's where I got the Minethrin, uh meal. Mm. You know, that that was the thing that was like, oh, she's you know, they're trying to prevent the queen, 
whose name escapes me, uh, from going out and just destroying everyone with, uh, with the one power. So who do we think the people are that we're seeing in this? So it's, it seems like they know the city's about to fall or there's danger that the city's about to fall. There's some sort of ceremony to, you know, get land sort of anointed as the next, uh, the next leader. And then they get him out of town and it's kind of like a, uh, a little bit of a, you know, a Kal-El being sent off of Krypton kind of, yeah, kind of like thing it. where there's, you know, there's a ceremonial, uh, you know, not, not so much ceremonial, but you know, getting the Marlon Brando getting, shows up and, and, and yeah. puts young, young land on, on the back of a rider and sends him on his way. And yeah. Yeah. And go off in this crystal spaceship. So I want to bring up that, that one brief moment where we see the creature in the lake. Um, because that's actually a scene from the first book when they are in the blight in where Malkir used to be and they see a lake and Rand says, why can't we go down to the lake and, and cool off? And then they see that a, a serpentine shape breaking the water. And then everybody says, uh, oh, maybe we won't go down to the lake and, and cool off. <laughs> There's Nessie in there. Yeah. And I just loved that, that little, uh, shout out to the book readers because, you know, that's a scene that sticks out in my head, even though it was just a flash in the pan scene in the books. So the fact that they included it here tells me that there's some hardcore fans making this show. Nice. That's really cool. I hadn't, I hadn't connected that, but there are other things that I'm just, Oh, this is so difficult. <sighs> yeah. There, there are so many things that you and I have to talk about that, that yeah. All I will say is I'm just blown away by the ability of Rafe and the other writers. Like, I know he said so many times, and I've, I've repeated it, that he's really taking a holistic view of, of, the, of all the material that's been published. But seeing things like this and other stuff coming in, you see that actually yeah. happening. I just think it's phenomenal. Just, yeah. It's like he's got copies of the books with just all these highlighted passages and well, Sarah Nakamura, who's the the big um, official continuity expert, plan geek, yeah, yeah the official she actually lore created geek. like yeah. tomes of everything for everyone to so that you know they were really clear and understood or every culture or every and it's really because it, and the, there's quite a few things happened on on the day all these things were released. The other thing was that Rafe did a Twitter Q and A, which obviously none of you can read, um, <laughs> but even as he, he was he was answering questions and Sarah was there. And she actually corrected him on one of them. Yes. Like he, he answered somebody's question and she came in with, well, technically. <laughs> He's like, there you go, Sarah's still correcting me on the law. <laughs> She's awesome. Any other thoughts related to that origin story before we get into the meaty part of this episode? The artwork is just gorgeous. I love that style, that painterly animated style. It, it's, it looks even better than the others did. Uh, yeah. Hopefully there will be they, they will be in much better quality than they were available on the uh, on the X-rays. So I think that was limited to like you know 720p or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but oh man, that deserves to be big and clear and beautiful. 
Yeah, this already looks brighter somehow. Yeah, it does. Compared to the earlier ones, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, something I just remembered is uh, the Wheel of Time Origins shorts are actually be- up for uh, best animated uh, short story, best animated. Awesome. Something. Um, Some best animation. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and, and cool. one of those awards with a statue with either a golden person or a golden wing or a golden piston. I have no idea what those statues are. Something um, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're golden they're crystal. For, it could be the it could be the cable aces. I don't know. That's true. Okay, they're they're up for either a golden thing or a crystal thing, and and we salute them for it. Yes. Yeah. I'm really impressed by those. Um, and then uh, moving on. Now we're going to get into the good stuff. We're going to talk about that season two behind the scenes video that they showed us. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty short video, but they also cut through a lot of scenes. And if you, you have to go through it, uh, with the pause button ready to, to really see everything that's in here. Um, so, so I'll just start off and say it starts with an opening of a, a man holding a camera, which seems out of place for wheel of time, but. It's behind the scenes. Oh, right, 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 right. That, yeah. It says right there, behind the scenes. It's in the title. So behind the scenes means behind the guy with the camera. Right. Okay. There's another um, camera, a camera looking at a camera. You had another one in there. It's Inception, and, you know, then it's a whole thing. If they had flying cars, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had cameras. So, yeah, uh, what did Amazon Prime look like before the breaking? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see what the camera is looking at and it looks like uh three people uh looks probably feminine looking people uh standing around in a desert environment uh what are we thinking Aiel. i am so excited about learning more about the Aiel. why do you think it's the Aiel? um just the clothes look very similar to um what the uh Rand's mother, the soldier from the battle on the, um, mm-hmm. the Blood Snow episode, you can see the the headscarves especially look like like they might be the same headgear. And they're standing in the middle of a desert, so <laughs> I am drawing the conclusion. <laughs> There's one of one of the one of the people there has blood on the leg. Uh, probably not hers. Yeah. Probably someone else's. Uh, <laughs> so, so you can see the t- you can see the tourniquet. Yeah, there there is a tourniquet uh, directly above the blood stain. Well, yeah, but then again, you look at the other at, at the other person in the foreground. She looks like she's got a some sort of wrap around her leg too, near about the same yeah. place. It could be. It looks to me like a, a Han Solo style leg holster strap kind of situation. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it could be either. It could be a tourniquet or it could be, you know, gear. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that this image to me is um, cosplay goals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, this is the most okay. clear, clear shot I've seen yet for me to start my cosplay. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, just just to let the listeners know, we're looking at stills that Rourke has captured from the uh, from the the uh, teaser that was shown at Comic Con. So we've got 
we've got an extreme visual aid to go on here. So if you'd like to follow along, pull up that trailer and get your pause button going. And if anybody wants um, access to the 4K resolution stills, go check out Unraveling the Pattern. Lauren's uh, made them available in a Google Drive. You can find them on Twitter. Which is actually where we are pulling our images from. And our next scene, we see Lan and Moiraine, and they appear to be walking along a beach. This is such a gorgeous shot. Like This shot made me think, is this just a special behind the scenes filming, or is this going to be similar to what we see? Because I'm assuming that they're doing a lot of behind the scenes filming for release after the, the series comes out, right? Yeah. But I just think that the shots that they're doing here, they're just so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and if you look off to the left side of the frame, you can see a mast from from a ship that in in you can actually see bobbing around when, when the video is in motion. So there's clearly some kind of a ship or a boat nearby in this scene. That Moraine is striding towards. I hit pause on that section about 50 times just to try and get a better look at that. Yeah, it's mostly hidden behind the camera. You can just see the mast kind of bobbing around above the camera. So we know there's a boat there, but we can't see the boat. One can surmise that uh, Lan and Moraine are going to join this conflict of the oncoming uh, people in the boats. I think Moraine can stay out of a cause. <laughs> and then our next scene after we see Lan and Moraine on the beach is uh, what looks like white cloaks uh, riding horses near a camera car. And you can see what looks like a trebuchet in the background. Mm. White cloaks are about to uh, pay a visit to someplace. Who are they sieging? Trebuchet is a siege machine. Yeah. Very true. Either that or they figured out a new way to deal with Aes Sedai. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that an episode of northern exposure do you think they've gotten as far as the tower we don't need no cows <laughs> we've got captured Aes Sedai I'm, I'm glad somebody no followed way. me down that northern exposure joke because that, that was obscure <laughs> I was thinking the, the I was thinking the uh, the snare trap in the Simpsons episode <laughs> yeah Capture the bunny. Pew! Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we get another scene of a fan blowing smoke and fog. Oh, God, this excited me so much. I, yeah, yeah. Um, the, fog. The, the rest of y'all are just like, oh, there's a foggy scene. And those of us from who've yeah. read the books are like, oh, my God, there's a foggy scene. So much um, fog. So much fog. Okay, so... <laughs> In Avatar, when there's fog and it's a big deal, that means there are waterbenders nearby about to fuck your shit up. So, like, is there Aes Sedai around about to fuck your shit up? I, I, I will say that you are correct. The The fog there means that somebody's shit is about to get fucked up. I, I will give you that much. All right. So so you, you did clue into that much, at least. Okay. Also score one for practical effects. <laughs> Agreed. Um, yeah. I don't know. Where I, in, in my background, fan blowing smoke and fog means the headliner's about to, about to take the stage. <laughs> then our next scene, we see a camera on a boom arm, um, and we see some camels in the background, which 
indicates to me that they filmed in Morocco, which is where they filmed. So, <laughs> anywhere near Tatooine? Um, I believe that that the Ail Waste is is uh, next door to Tatooine, actually. Gotcha. Okay. So our next scene shows that wheel that we saw in the middle of the desert in in the previous teaser. Um, straps are still there, pulling out on the desert landscape. Any new thoughts? A new title card is coming. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's literally my thought. Like, I'm not even joking. I was like, oh, do we get a new one every season? <laughs> well, my, I hope so. My first thought was kinky, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is, it looks like it's, it's stone. It's a permanent fixture. It's meant there. And with the straps, it's like, okay, this is sort of... Uh, this is where you go when you've done bad things. This, uh, when you piss people off, uh, they're going to strap you to that and leave you out there. It's it's kind of like that cage where Matt and Rand ran into Dana. They had the cage out front. It, it strikes yeah. me as a similar kind of mm -hmm. thing. This is a, a warning sign, a border marker, mind your P's and Q's. And a, you're not going to want to be here. You know, it's kind of out in the middle of the desert. So it's like, yeah, this is... Uh, this is punishment. That, that, that's a sign that just says, we don't like your kind around here. Exactly. <laughs> Our next scene, uh, we see, that this scene has me really, really excited uh, when I first saw this. Uh, we, we see a man standing in the desert uh, with white hair, wearing a white veil and some kind of armor uh, with what looks like a big, giant, fuck-off, double-bladed axe on his back. When I first saw this guy... My first reaction was that he was another IEL soldier because of the veil and the setting, um, who just happens to be old <laughs> enough that his hair has gone white. And then I spotted the pauldrons. He's a white cloak. So that also mm -hmm. kind of explains you see the white cloaks uh, on the horses riding through the desert. There are white cloaks in the IEL wasteland. Up to no good, <laughs> I surmise. <laughs> Is that a veil or just a dust mask? Yeah. Well, is there a difference, really? Well, the purpose of, you know, <laughs> one is to, you know, <laughs> means your shit's about to get fucked up, and the other one means... <coughs> but dusty. I can sort of see that there would be a cultural crossover. I mean, if you live in the desert, the only place you would take off your dust veil is when you are in your home camp with the people you know and trust. So I can see how that cultural... Um, standard would kind of become almost like a language where i am with people i am i am with people who i consider trustworthy i'll take the veil off because that means home and safety and you're not out in the wild or could this be an iel warrior who has joined the white cloaks and bleached his hair he's um greg um yes take that back <laughs> No, no, I understand that redheads go it's white. I, my my hair was very it, blonde know? when I was young because of sun bleaching. But uh, no, I'm saying uh, the idea that an Aiel spear would join the white cloaks is anathema. I, 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 I would pronounce you dot song if you repeat that again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. This proves I haven't read the book. <laughs> That's such a horrific thought. Well, the, My goodness. The spear never joined. Not a joined. spear, he's an axe. He's got an axe. He came an axe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm spitballing yeah. here. Threw down the spear and picked up an axe. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. There, there are no bad ideas. <laughs> there are no, except this one, no bad ideas. <laughs> except when <laughs> you start talking shit on the Aiel. Yeah, well, I'm not talking shit. I, just, I, I don't know. <laughs> the battle lines have been drawn. <laughs> it's not malicious. Trust me. It's ignorance. <laughs> Um, so one thing that I really see in this is the, the incredible intricate tailoring and tooling on, on this costume. Mm -hmm. It's, it's absolutely Yeah, look at the leather work. Yes. Agreed. We already know their leather work is amazing from Moraine's costume. The geometric patterns. Even just the pattern on the sleeve, like that's so much detail. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. That is really intricate. And, and. I have to say that uh, the first time I saw this, uh, it, it, it had me kind of feeling some kind of way because uh, this is a really, really interesting looking photograph. And once I realized that this was, in fact, a white cloak, it really kind of disturbed me because <laughs> you don't want to be feeling some kind of ways about white cloaks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, also, it just like there's like there's something in my brain that's getting like scratched in a good way from all like mm. the texture. And, like, I associate white cloaks with so much sanitation, like, just flatten out anything and everything that would make something and somebody interesting. And so to see it, that's probably why I didn't ping this as a white cloak until, like, literally this conversation, because, like, they're just far too interesting. (laughs) Well, you're not the only person. There's also book fans that also thought initially, because it was so quick with um, when it came out. But I... um, I have a lot of thoughts on this. They're mostly non-spoilery. You can tell us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what I what I find really interesting is this. I feel like there's been a change of textiles with quite a few people, but with the white cloaks especially. Mm-hmm. In the first season, it felt very bleached white, almost synthetic material, whereas here it's looking more natural, undyed cotton. Yeah. Um. You know, and it, it, I really, I really like that, um, th- that it's gone kind of more natural. And also the design um, on the shoulders, there's a kind of chain, chain mail almost design on his arm. Yeah. I don't know if mm-hmm. we can zoom in, but that's really interesting as well. And then the design on his front, so that the white bit, which could be leather that's been coloured, do you remind you of stained glass? Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. And then you've got yeah, the gold. That's... You don't quite see, but the, that gold cord, I'm assuming, is some kind of gold knots, some kind of rank, yeah. knots of rank. And if you notice, that intricate tooling continues onto the pauldron. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, which is, it looks more uh, leather here than the, the steel pauldrons that we saw in the last last season. I wonder if maybe we're seeing a, a white cloak in, in their desert camo, as it were. So they don't want it to have so much sun glinting across, off it, you think? That probably, if it was metal, would get really hot. <laughs> yeah, you don't want a big metal thing sitting on your arm as you're going through the desert. Mm. That, could, uh, that could be a little ouchy. 
Um, and then just to move on, uh, our next scene, uh, we see some people walking through a forest with a boom camera behind them. Looks like they're walking towards a, a castle wall or something. Oh, no. Um, our friend Uno. So happy to see Uno. Yeah, that's, that's definitely Uno right there in the middle. Um, and who else do we see in this scene? Perrin. That's Perrin. Yeah. So obviously Perrin is still with uh, Uno and the rest of the Shinarans. Uh, any any thoughts? Any any crazy theories as to what they might be doing? I don't know, but it's interesting. He's adopted Patton Thane's haircut. <laughs> He's been on the road for a while. It's grown out a bit. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that that caught my attention was that they're in this place that's very lush and green. So they're obviously not at home. And I know this looks very different to the previous scenes, which were deserty, but I'm still seeing fog in the background. I'm just going to be obsessed with fog. But <laughs> just be warned. <laughs> season two, the season of fog. <laughs> and then our next scene that we have, uh, we see. Speaking what, of lush. Yeah, very lush. What looks like a jungle landscape with uh, a way gate in the middle of it. I am very excited about whatever this is. Um, I was like, ooh, where do you film this, Costa Rica? Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. But it also looks, I don't, it's either abandoned or hidden. I don't know which one it is. Um, and I know, like, tropiness, like, putting, like, lost things in jungles and, oh, where'd the people go? Because um, this is a brand new kind of climate that we haven't seen, so I'm interested in how this fits into this particular world. But it would be even cooler if that's on purpose. Like, there are people there you just Maybe the don't people know who live there are all on a boat off the shore mm. causing problems. <laughs> oh. oh, I see where you're going with that. And this is the secret back door. Murder on the <laughs> Giant waves. <laughs> can, I, can I just show one of the um, questions that Rafe answered, which was, you know, what what do you have against the girl? And he said something about she had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> that was his response. <laughs> she had it coming. She had it coming. In our next scene, we have a a kind of panning shot that kind of starts on the horizon and then slowly moves forward and pans down and shows us a castle uh, with the, the front door open and some banners and some people standing around in the courtyard. So I thought that was fog in the doorway, but I think it's just dust. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, you, you're, you're obsessed with fog, but you got to remember there's a lot of dust in desert environments as well. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I'll, I'll let this be dust. Yeah. I'll accept. <laughs> so these these people and these soldiers that are standing around in this scene, uh, do, do you notice anything about them? Any details that seem interesting? They've got fairly ornate uh, uh, armor and spears. Mm -hmm. um, not, you know, not quite what we've seen of the Aiel. You know, a little more... They look almost sort of samurai-ish with the, the shoulder armors. There, there's a lot going on here that I just don't know enough about yet. They're very obviously a new group of people because the armor is different than what we've seen before. They have the kind of the <clears throat> almost like, you know, medieval style European pauldrons and, and helmets. So I know absolutely nothing about them. Brand new. <laughs> 
Rat, could you go to the the? Can you go to the last spread in this shot where you can see more of the soldiers at the back? There, there's the last frame of it. Any thoughts on that configuration? Oh, it's a it's circle. A circle. <laughs> it's another wheel. They are protecting somebody. I don't know if it's the person in the striped gear, sort of forward, or the person near the back. I can't tell if one is like a just sort of an advisor that's with the you know the person in the back is an advisor to the the person in the stripy gear or kind kind of a vizier and in, in sultan situation is right it something like that and there there's somebody okay. at the front there between the between the two sort of cauldrons and I can't tell if that's a crew member or not. <laughs> it looks like so, somebody wearing a hoodie He's standing very much like, looks like Padden Fane stands. Interesting. So I just finished reading a science fiction book where um, soldiers all had, um, and I can't remember the names they used, for, like instead of like platoons or whatever, but you would have a group of warriors whose job it was to protect the magic user who then was the main combat, actual combatant, similar to, to the Green Aja, but on a much larger scale. And I'm wondering if we're seeing something mm -hmm. like that here, because you have a circle, you have the person uh, who is in the rearmost position is um, wearing a long skirt, so maybe that is their channeler, and they are a combat unit. So coming back to the circle, having zoomed in on this, I'm going to... Uh, speculate that the person at the back is a woman mm -hmm. and then the person kind of diagonally opposite is a man. Their positions in the circle make me think of the Dragon's Fang and the Flame of Tarvalon. Oh, a uh -huh. little. Yeah. Yeah, it, they they would almost take the the I place of the dots the in the traditional yin yang symbol. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought mm. at first, and then I thought, oh, we but we don't have dots yeah. here. But what would that? And then it, then I was just seeing the overlay. Yeah, of yeah. the symbol. Yeah, I can absolutely see that as well. That great catch there, Saima. Wow, isn't it? I mean, the 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 use of circles. I mean, yeah. we talked about this so much in season one, right? And they're continuing this. Yeah, the use and of circles and, into it. and that specific yeah. image of, of either half or the entire yin-yang symbol, yeah. Yeah, I just can't think that they would do this without it being intentional. So this next scene, we see uh, a massive explosion, a big, big fireball in what looks like uh, the midst of a bunch of kind of hovels, uh, some shabby-looking shacks with some people running out of it. Um any thoughts about this? I think this is going to uh, illustrates that we're going to see the effects of having uh, Dark One's armies spread across the general landscape and, and showing real people and their houses and their villages getting upturned and blown up, either by war, at, not as a result of the Dark One, or by the Dark One's armies. To me, what this shows is you can't, cannot have a show about dragons without uh, burninating the thatched roof cottages. Sure. This is true. 
I really feel for this poor guy in the foreground. I mean, he's just trying to have a cold drink on a hot summer day, and there he is having his beer, and everything goes shit sideways. <laughs> it does feel like it takes him a long time to react, though. Like, I'm sure the, the explosion is happening, and he's still Man's drinking. has got to have his priorities. <laughs> I mean, you guys seen Jurassic World, right? When, you know, the Velociraptors attack you know the main part of jurassic world park and the guy just literally picks up his margarita and just ditches like it's that was cool Jimmy anything yeah yeah it was was it <laughs> you might want to get excited because our next scene uh the looks like there is some fog uh we've got what looks like rand mm -hmm. uh, with a nifty new haircut yep. yeah love the new uh, haircut walking with a torch through some foggy streets it looks like can I give a shout out to the person who put these scenes together for doing an absolutely stellar job of obscuring as much detail as humanly possible? Because I have looked at these frames over and over and over again, cannot get a clear look at the people with him. Lands behind him. It's pretty obvious in the later slides. Are you sure Land's it's Land? Because it, it looks like him. Okay. I'm positive. Kind of see a little bit of a man bun coming out. There yeah, the yeah. Based there. on the man bun, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's land, but I just, it's so hard to tell. If you zoom in on the 4K ones, you can, you can see it's Lan, and then the other person above Rand's other shoulder, people are saying it's Moraine, and I don't know because Moraine and Lan are of the same height, and that person looks shorter. Um, I can fix that. I can post. see the Hidori on his forehead. That is definitely yeah. land. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm sold. I'm sold. Is it just me, or did Rand buff up? It looks like he may have in the in the offseason. It seems yeah. a little chunkier. Been, on, here been than on the road he, for a bit. He was. He's hiding his Aiel identity. Shaved his red hair. Yeah. Yep. Any ideas what might be going on in this scene? He's up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> I get the vibe that this is Rand's version of like a super secret scouting mission, but because he's Rand, he's not really good at it. <laughs> he's just new. He's not that he's bad. He's just new. I'm just kind of curious about the fact that um, I mean, it was a given when he went off um, at the end of season one that he has been infected with the madness. But here he is, he's back at season two and seems to be taking an active role. So is the madness suddenly not a problem anymore? Have they figured out how to control it? Is it just not manifested Are yet? Are they just, just trying to point him at things and say, go be a dragon at that? And <laughs> we'll sort out the fallout later. <laughs> is maybe the madness something that builds up over time with exposure? Mm -hmm. Maybe he's managed to control his channeling so it's not as bad as it could be. I don't know. I have questions. I have many questions. And there may or may not be answers in this season. Gee, thanks. <laughs> oh, I love being chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not, in a, he's not in a cage in this scene, so I'm assuming he hasn't gone all big bad. Um, so so is, is that a theory of yours, that Rand is, is going to go bad? And end up in a cage? Well, I mean, it seems to be assumed in... in uh, you know, at least by the ice die, that that is the inevitable result of channeling for for any male. Yeah. But this does either has not happened to Rand yet, or 
they figured out a way to control it or control him. Um, and with those interesting thoughts, I think we are going to move into a break. I'm here with David, and uh, we're just going to tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Four Cats Boutique on Etsy. And David, you went onto their shop and you found something you really enjoyed. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, they have these great digital download prints of TIE Fighter X-Wing um, that are watercolors that look kind of like blueprints, but they're like pointillism, and they look amazing. Yeah, those really do look amazing. Uh, if other people out there want to find something like that, what should they do? Check them out. Four Cats Boutique on Etsy. That's four, the number four, cats with a K, boutique. And we're back. And uh, Saima, what's our next scene? So we have what appears to be Lan and Moraine on the beach again. Uh, no ship. And Moraine's no longer seems to be wearing her top and she's rocking a bulky skirt and white blouse combo. Do you think that's her civilian gear since she can't uh, touch the source anymore? Mm, it, it, is she cosplaying as Laura Ingalls Wilder maybe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is beachwear? I don't know. <laughs> I was about to say, oh, they seem stranded, but that's not quite right to me here. Like, I think what it looks like is that they're stopped. And it feels like maybe not so much rest, but kind of regrouping. Um, she's clearly relaxed, or at least she's laid back enough where she's not, you know, full throttle, entire outfit, ready to go at a moment's notice. I, I think they were walking together and Lan stopped them both and, and is saying, we got to talk. It looks like that this is a, uh, Lan's giving her his two cents after they've been walking for a minute, and he kind of got up the courage to stop her and say, this is the moment we have to talk about this. So so she's looking behind her, and she's like, why did you abandon me in all these places, Lan? And he's like, that's what I was carrying you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I don't see any footprints. <laughs> what, do they fly up there? Uh, to me, the the body language, um, Moraine kind of looks like she's got her arms crossed, maybe. Um, looking like maybe maybe she's being a little stubborn. And Lan is kind of standing there with his head cocked, like, really? Mm -hmm. Really? <laughs> I think it, that kind of sums up like, their relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it seems like it's, it's a fairly typical Moraine-Lan moment of her being stubborn and him being like, ugh. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but also, it, because they no longer have the bond connection, he needs to, see, like, he's like, look at me. Like, this is how we're communicating now, right? right. We don't like, have that yeah. automatic way of knowing. So look at me, damn it, and we're going to talk. Communicating using our voices like suckers. But, yeah, um, <laughs> th this, is, this definitely has more of a feel of a come to Jesus than a heart to heart. Not to beat a metaphor into the beach or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just have to say, from a, a composition standpoint, this is just a beautifully composed image. Mm -hmm. Agreed. It is. This could be a painting. We'll just paint a happy little land right over here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just give him a happy little sword. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what he, he lives with in this little world. There are no mistakes. We'll, we'll just turn that into a nice sedai. <laughs> I 
realized what Siobhan said about is this Maureen's now that she's no longer channeling, is this her more relaxed garb? Then just makes me think, well, Lan's exactly the same. Like Lan's Lan's Lan, no matter what. Right. You know? Yep. <laughs> like he's born with with the sword and and those clothes ready well, to battle. The new yeah, origins preview that we got, if we were right there, he was literally born with a sword. The the man has a point, Simon. You can let your face crack a little bit on that one. <laughs> I'm just like, which way do I go? Like, no, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just move on. <laughs> yes, Aragon. So, uh, the next shot, we have a woman silhouetted in profile in front of a window with blinds. And men. It's men. It's definitely yeah. men. There is no doubt that this well, is when, when we had the lower resolution images, you could not make out the details of her face. No, literally the first time I watched this, the second it popped up, I was like, oh, man, nice. Um, one thing I notice, um, I've, I've heard several people refer to the, the light coming through the background as coming through blinds, but I don't think that's blinds. I think that's actually like a, a woven rattan wall, mm -hmm. um, which, which tells me that she's in a very kind of, well, for lack of a better term, thatch roof cottage type yeah. rundown thing. Maybe like. Where we saw the explosions earlier. I'm just very happy to see men. Yeah, I, same feeling. First watch through, that was one of the major things that I caught and got me real excited. And then in our next scene, um, it, it's kind of a trio of scenes, all from the same angle, following in each scene a person from behind. Uh, the first is Rand. Uh, we can tell it's Rand because he has very, very, very short red hair, the new uh, look that Rand is sporting for this season. And he's wearing uh, what looks like a very threadbare coat um, and, and walking through a, a place of a village of ramshackle huts, it looks like. Very threadbare, like literally threadbare. You can see the threads. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they are bare. So. <laughs> Almost obnoxiously threadbare. <laughs> Goes along with the uh, haircut mm -hmm. and saying that Rand's kind of trying to stay incognito. Can't quite tell if that's thatch or not, but I I don't know why I'm getting the uh, I'm getting the vibe of like a fishing village. Oh yeah, I actually it, I I felt like it was a fishing village when I first looked at it too, and I don't know why because there's nothing there's no like fish hanging around or boats in the background to make you think it's a fishing village, but yeah, right. What 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 does it for me are the the tables that look like they're for fish cleaning and hmm. something that look kind of like float uh, floats that oh, yeah. would be attached yeah, to like, nets like, or something uh, buoys like that. and buoy net floats yeah yeah oh yeah some kind of red on the table so the mm -hmm. person on the left yep cleaning fish guts um, <laughs> and then our next image in this kind of trio of images is. A person with long white hair that's kind of pulled back in, in a half ponytail walking towards a what looks like a round top gate in a wall. New character. Yes, very much looks like it might be a new character. Or one that has been mentioned before. Could this possibly be the, uh, the former head of the White Tower who had the prophecy? Uh, Guitara Moroso, you mean? Guitara Moroso. I can never remember her name. I got to think guitars. Yeah, there's there's like two of them on the wall behind you. You should yeah. you should know this. 
Mm. <laughs> oh, I like the <laughs> idea that it might be Katara. Yeah. That's interesting. Bit of a flashback. Mm-hmm. Mm. Flashback to when she possibly had the prophecy. It's very bright yeah. and lush where wherever this person is. Which could be an exterior garden at the White Tower. I was about yeah. to say, it reminds me, it looks collegiate to me. And okay. a very old school throwback, New English, New Englandish kind of way. Uh, but yeah, yeah, their their clothes do look like they're kind of a finer cut clothes. We we see a a gray kind of corduroy vest and a, a what looks like a pinstripe shirt underneath. They definitely look like they've had tenure for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you pan down, you see elbow patches. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Third in that triptych is. Uh, Pat and Fane from behind, and it's clearly Pat and Fane. Um, and I where, love his posture. Yeah, I mean, even a still, he's sauntering. That's still of him. <laughs> yeah, swag. Yes, definitely. He's swag. got such amazing body language. Like you know, was it David who was saying earlier that they thought that person in the military courtyard was Fane because of the posture? I just think that's something that really stands uh, yeah. out with this actor. He's so good. Um, and, and where do we think Pat and Fane is in this scene? This looks like Shainar again. I'm going to say no, because I went back and I looked through Faldara Keep, and actually Falda, all of Faldara Keep has exposed almost red brick. So I think this is somewhere else. And I think it's the place where he ends up in book two. Actually, looking at the end of the hallway there, there seems to be a, a sunscreen, like an arabesque-style sunscreen at the end of the hallway, and... Similar to the style of the White Tower. That's another thought I had was that he was in the White Tower. <laughs> yeah, based on based on the window screen. But it was more smoky and, and foreboding than anything we've seen from the White Tower in the past. So it would have to be a a, a different I think the White Towers <laughs> has higher ceilings. I think the, yeah. the halls are bigger because they are um O'Gare built. The White Tower is also very, very white. It's like alabaster ivory white. This is this is more of a yellow. And the columns in White Tower are very intricate. Yeah. Like yeah. all over. Okay. I'm glad now because it was doing me a concern. <laughs> <laughs> Good, I'm glad. I'm glad too. No, initially and, I thought, oh, like first first glance, I was like, oh, this is maybe a flashback. And and I feel like that's some news from the the Ask Me Anything that, that Rafe did afterwards uh that we can give them is uh somebody asked if they're going to continue doing cold opens this next season and rafe said absolutely yes um rafe said that that's where they can tell some more of the extended story without having to devote you know whole plot lines to it and and they want to continue doing that and continue having cold opens that are removed from the rest of the episode so might want to look at some of these scenes with that thought in mind okay so then i like greg's theory that the middle person the white-haired person could be guitara in a flashback oh like that yeah. could be a cold open mm. Mm -hmm. yeah um and we do know for a fact that that scene actually was filmed it just never actually made it into the episode um could be saving it for the second season yeah maybe uh and then moving on our next scene uh we have, it's a nighttime scene, and we see a camera uh, shooting somebody in 
uh, black cloak and black armor walking through what looks like it might be a graveyard or maybe just maybe just a park. I'm not sure. Could be a fade. Give me my monsters. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it's a bit too substantial to be a fade, but I mean, that could just be because of how I'm looking at it right now. Also, the cloak. Like behind the scenes ish yeah. shot. Yeah. I'm just disappointed that fades have such bad posture. <laughs> That's what I was just about to bring up. I, I feel like most of me says, yeah, this is a fade. It's, it's somebody in a black cloak with black armor walking in the dark. You know, if it, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a fade. And, and, <laughs> but this person is walking with such bad posture and I cannot anywhere in my brain think of a fade mm. having that bad of posture. So I think this might be a, a fake out by the, well, the, the crew. Yeah, and, and now that yeah. you mention it, like they, they haven't been doing the whole cloak doesn't flap in the wind, but mm -hmm. that is a, it looks like, I love that you remember oh. that David, <laughs> that the cloak looks like it's leather in this. It doesn't look like a cloth. Um, and so it is possible that they are using leather to help substantiate that no flapping in the wind situation. Oh, interesting thought. So that yeah. could add to the fact that this is a fade. So so your idea is their cloaks don't flap not because they're mystical, they don't flap they're because they're too heavy. They're just bloody heavy. Which maybe affects the posture Possibly. because it's heavy. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Right. That's, that's, true. that's yeah. a heavy hood, right? That's yeah. a heavy leather hood. 30 pounds well. of... 30 pounds of leather on top of Heavy weighs the it. cloak of a mere troll. <laughs> right, well, well, we got to the bottom of that, that conspiracy. Ah, yeah. Excellent. Thank you, David. <laughs> conspiracy or production choice? Well, <laughs> we have to feed uh, Saima's need for conspiracies. So right. Yes. We have I, to find them whether they're there or not. <laughs> I have to confess, during this episode, I have had Saima's window enlarged. <laughs> so no, I can look at my actions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness 30 seconds into this into this episode my face was hurting and i was just like oh my goodness calm down i noticed that which is why i enlarged your window oh. <laughs> and greg had sima watch yes <laughs> oh okay so our scene we is a murderall walking very murderally <laughs> Um, and then our scene following that, uh, do you want to explain this one, Zyma? Yes. So the next one is a circular battlement with a kind of uh, azure green domed arbor in the center. And the whole thing seems to be in the middle of a desert. And I don't know whether that's a lake at the back or it could be the sea kind of coming into a tributary that goes round. Uh, it, it, it looks very similar to like uh, uh, Lake Powell to me, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the focus seems to be the people that are right at the edge of this battlement. And then the rest of it, you see the production um, tents around. My first thought is this is a very impractical uh, building out in the middle of nowhere with no supporting anything with it. So it'd have to be mm -hmm. something like maybe a waypoint. Um, or I suppose it could be something akin to a lighthouse. Watchtower? 
yeah, a watchtower would be it too, because it really doesn't have anything else that supports it. So it's something that's out in the landscape by itself. Something I would point out on the left side, you see a couple of lift trucks with the uh, giant green screens, mm-hmm. um, which they can obviously move into place anywhere around this tower to provide a green screen background. So my thought is when we see this tower, this is not necessarily the background or the complete background that we will be seeing with this tower. Right. It's going to be um, taller in post. Yeah, it's going to be taller and there's probably going to be maybe a bigger, bigger city around it. Um, who knows this next image we see from a tunnel where the film crew actually is, uh, looking out into what looks like some kind of a courtyard, uh, with a pitched battle going on. There's definitely white cloaks as a part of the battle. Cough, cough, fog, cough, cough, (laughs) cough, cough, dust. (laughs) White cloaks just make friends everywhere they go, don't they? I'm looking at these these warriors that are fighting the white cloaks and thinking that uh, some of that looks familiar from one of the other scenes that we saw. Yeah, they look like mm, the Shinaran yes. warriors for sure. Or or no, the courtyard where uh, where you had the the blue or the you know the blue banners with the with the white bird. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing too. Is is the same? Oh yeah, same, yeah. Uh, got that people armor. from that. Yeah. So blue and and white bird and. Uh, the white cloaks. This has to be a metaphor for the the Proud Boys and Twitter. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> oh my God, Sima, uh, you have a, a conspiracy theory about this person way far in the back of this scene. A friendly neighborhood librarian in the back left, standing off. Perhaps observing or entering into this battle foray. Uh, so, so you see loyal standing back there. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm like ninety nine percent sure that's loyal. Loyal. Okay. I'll buy it. So, we've got white cloaks, and we've got what what we're speculating is the the new culture in terms of the uniforms. But it seems to be a third style of of uh, armor in this in this foray which doesn't look like the new people or the white cloaks uh and then in our next shot uh it's obviously the interior of the white tower uh we see those those uh kind of arabesque screens that we were referring to earlier in uh and we see Egwene standing there and she's holding a couple of satchels and she's wearing a white dress Got Yay. her novice robes yes, on. I'm so excited novice for her. Novice time. Um, I didn't recognize her at first, and I now know why. It's because her braid is missing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. I was like, oh, what's Alana doing in white? And then it, and then you know, I watched this a few mm. times. I was like, of of course that's not Alana. But then who is it? It's Egwene. Um, and she has clearly changed a lot if she's not wearing her braid. Right. So what does what do you think has changed? Mm, maybe she's going through an identity crisis where she doesn't <laughs> feel like um, the braid fully represents who she is as a person anymore. Maybe mm. it could be one of those things where as in at home, her braid represents, you know, full membership in something 
where being in training makes her feel she hasn't actually earned it after all. I don't know. Or it could be that, you know, they're made to sort of forswear their attachments to their home, just like, you know, Moraine had to lose her title to uh, to be in the White Tower. Uh, sort of, you know, Jedi, no possessions, no no lands, no, you know, you're, you're in service to this. You're in service to the White Tower, and that should be your your identity, your uh, your focus, you know, keep the loyalties so was, undivided. The braid was yeah, a so connection her, to home. That was more... Like a apprentice wisdom, and she right. had to undo it. Yeah, right, because now she's a... Now she's a freshman Aes Sedai. That's more what I got from it is that the the White Tower as part of their training, uh, kind of sort of like what you would go through with the military and having the u- uniform, haircut, uniform, uniforms, um, is almost like a, a washing of your past and your culture and delivering you into a new way of thinking, a new culture, and that the braid was just too much of the past to be kept. It could also be part of the uniform. Like, it's not allowed at the White Tower. Who knows? Yeah, all interesting thoughts. And one of you is right. I won't say who. (laughs) Is it me? (laughs) Uh, It depends on which conspiracy you're you're currently espousing. Yeah, that blue screen is there to to put the fog in later. Yeah. (laughs) I could I could also see that the whole idea that as a novice you have to be completely uniform in dress because one of the things you see about the Aes Sedai who have taken the veil is that they all look very, very different, but maybe that individuality is something that's granted to you once you graduate. And then moving on to our next scene, uh, this scene I'm going to say is is the scene that gave me the most excitement out of every scene. In this little, little uh... <laughs> what was that, Simon? Remember, Simon, yeah. you're on, you're on camera. <laughs> um, and, and I can say that this scene caused the the fandom to explode a little bit. Really? All the scene is is uh, three people um, with what look like bow staffs uh, training in what looks like the White Tower. So we're going to presume this is the Warder training grounds, and this is three people training with bow staffs. What, what did you all uh, see in this scene? Pretty much what you just said. I just assumed it was the White Tower because of the incredibly ornate column. I can't, I can't quite tell. Yeah, I can't quite tell I, who these people are. I could are. see Perrin being the person in the middle if his hair was cut at this point. Um, I will tell you with with 100% certainty that none of these people are Perrin. Drat. Okay. I like the idea of Perrin becoming a warder. I think that would interfere with the way of the leaf. <laughs> Yeah, it does interfere with the way of the leaf, that's for sure. Yeah, Simon and I really cannot say anything about this scene. If what everybody thinks is true, this is going to lead into an absolute fan favorite scene that that is going to be phenomenal to see on screen. Guys with sticks. All right. All I will say is I really love the synchronization, you know? And one of the things that I really struggled, I have a lot of visualization, visualization problems with the books, and the water training yard was really tough for me. So this, seeing them in unison like this was really cool.
Um, and then moving on to our next scene, we're almost out of scenes to, to talk, talk about here. Uh, this next one, uh, just another scene of villagers running with explosions of thatched cottages in the background. Um, I don't know that there's a lot to say about this scene other than, you know, obviously more explosions. More explosions, um, more villagers running, more people in peril. Yes. More flaming thatch-roofed cottages. Basically, this is going to be the, the Trogdor season. And then moving on to our next scene, we've got uh, that white cloak, I presume to be the white cloak that we saw in the desert earlier because he is swinging that giant fuck-off axe and swinging it uh, at somebody who's cartwheeling away from it. It's definitely the same type of clothing on the person cartwheeling as the ones we surmised to be Aiel in the beginning. And what Only an Aiel would fight like that. That's very reminiscent of the blood snow. It was. It's like very, and very acrobatic. The hair is very red in this yeah. version mm-hmm. of the shot too. And and I'm pretty sure that that is one of the people from the other shot. Uh, just because the hair is very identifiable, um, the the somewhat red dreadlocks mm-hmm. uh, were on the center person in that scene. Um, those of us in the know know who exa- exactly who that character is, but we're not going to say anything about that just yet and i'll just uh noticing something hanging in the background there behind the high heel oh uh, just something in a cage mm-hmm. yeah. on a pulley yeah. and i think that cage could potentially have something in it or someone or somewhere <laughs> Somehow? or some what <laughs> <laughs> So any, any more thoughts about this? Uh, I, I agree. It has a very blood snow battle kind of feel with the acrobatics. Going it's going to be a kick-ass scene. That I, I know. I need this axe so bad. Okay. <laughs> I, I like awesome weapons. Okay. I'm going to say, yes, you do need that axe. And that relates to me. To, to my prediction for who is going to be your absolute favorite uh, um, character in this <laughs> series. Um, so anybody out there who's read the books probably knows exactly who I'm talking about. Um, and yeah, that's who I think is going to be Dave, David's favorite character. David? Greg? Greg? David? <laughs> One of them. I'm just playing. Uh, why not? Playing. For the listeners, I'm currently giving yeah. her a stink eye. <laughs> when aren't you though is the question i just can't wait to see it that looks oh, like oh yeah it's I, I i love blood snow and this looks like it's gonna be the same kind of choreography and i'm really looking forward to it i especially am looking forward to the the behind the scenes yeah. where they show you how you shot they shot it oh yeah i want to see the robot camera where's that and then our next scene I'm just going to let you guys react to this. I'm not going to explain it. I'm going to let one of you explain. And yeah, react. I was like, oh, man, I wish we'd had this scene like three weeks ago. <laughs> um, it's like, Jesus, is it you? But you look kind of <laughs> rough, buddy. And which is funny to say, considering that the crucifixion is extremely brutal. Um, it is yeah. literally torture. Yeah. But this guy, uh, yeah, he looks ominous. Which I guess like there's this one infamous Tumblr post. It's like, imagine ancient Romans coming, you know, into the year of our Lord 2020 or whatever and seeing all of the crosses like everywhere. Um, 
imagine what they'd say about this society. And that's how I feel about seeing this. Like, I am super used wow. to like, seeing a cru- like a, a crucifix and being like, okay, warm and fuzzy feelings, but that's not how it's supposed to go, really? Like, in the proper yeah. context? Um, and that's how I feel here. Like, oh, shit, where are we? I don't want to be here. Yeah, yeah, Bill Hicks had a great bit about that. You know, you think if Jesus comes back, he's going to want to see crucifixes everywhere. <laughs> no. It's like going up to Jackie Kennedy with a rifle pendant. This yeah. is how we honor you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Siobhan, I want to know what you see in this scene. So I'm assuming that they've got a fade nailed up there. Who's having a very bad day and being interrogated. <laughs> First of all, it's daytime, so it's a bad day. Yeah. For a fade. So, so they've got it at its weakest because during the day they can't get around, right? They can't, they can't hide. No shadows. Well, as easily. Oh, also, and they can't die. You said that the fades can't die during the daytime. They, they will not die until the next sunset. Which I don't know that they're going to bring that into the show. But, yeah, pretty yeah. much the only time you could ever question one is when you've basically killed it, but it's not sunset yet. So it's so it's weak enough yeah. that you can interrogate. Oh. Killed it, but it's not dead yet. Interesting. Wow, Siobhan, that's some real oh. deep interrogation techniques you got there. Yeah. <laughs> Remind <laughs> me never to piss exactly. off. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, in this scene, we see uh, what what is presumed to be a fade. It looks very much like a fade, uh, hung very uh, crucifix-like on a large door, uh, with some people standing in front of it and one person holding a sword up to its throat. What 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 do we see with the people standing around? Well, Perrin's, Perrin's there. there. Perrin is definitely there. See some of the Faldara folk. Mm-hmm. I have so many issues with this guy that's got arrows in the back of his belt. That's just not how you have arrows. <laughs> I was going to say that, too. I mean, come like, on, people. That is the worst way to store right? arrows. First of all, we have, we have the bow in season one, and now we're going to... Arrows is going to be the thing for season two? Really? Gosh. <laughs> he's got the bow strung over his shoulder, too, so... So my question is, uh, from everything we've seen of fades and people fighting fades and how difficult fades are to fight... Um, who could possibly do this? Not these guys. Uh, if Tom is still alive, presumably. Another fade, him. but they wouldn't. Ah. Or mm. would they? Uh, yeah, I caught myself. <laughs> would Tom pin a fade to a door? No. Yeah, yeah. is Tom like that me. dramatic? Or is Tom just going to do what no, he's no, doing no. And, and get out of Dodge? Well, did these guys do this, or are they just I finding think this? They might just be finding this. it. That's kind of the, the, the vibe I get, because... If they just came through a battle like that, why would there be a cart full of straw? Yeah, my thought is he's he's using his sword to like lift the head up a little yeah. bit. But the fade is is not reacting. The fade is is a very ex fade. Is this it point. a warning? Like, is this someone's yeah. house? Did they nail a fade to the door and been like, "Beware, all ye who enter here"? Well, that's taking the dragon's fang to a whole yeah. other level. I mean, they were just you know, missing the uh, the wheel. They decided to use the door yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah, man bun patrol and the no soliciting yeah. sign. That's what that one is. Are we not going to look at the 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 person with the awesome hair? What parent and maybe naive? <laughs> I've been wondering where naive is this whole time. I don't think it would be yeah, naive because yeah, I would I assume she would still have her braid, and this this person has some gray in her hair, her or his. 
course, I suppose that depends on how many times her braid explodes. <laughs> That's true. It's like, uh, use, use the source again, and it's too much trouble to... I, gi- I give up. I've done <laughs> too much trouble to do it again. Every time she, she's been, you know, learning to channel in the tower. <laughs> uh, I gotta rebraid it again. Uh, so moving on to our next scene, uh, it's just Rand sitting in a chair, looking very Randy. Randish? Randish. Randy is not the right term there. Randy is a different thing entirely. How about looking very constipated? Does that work? That's the opposite of Randy. Randific. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, just... For more or less, just Rand being Rand. Uh, very much uh, manspread oh, in, yeah. in this seat. Broody Rand. Looking very intense. In a really ornate chair. Which I think mm-hmm. is important. But <laughs> you know what? Yeah. What in the world could Rand at this point be presiding over? I don't know. Do you think it could be less manspready and more like cross-legged seated? Right. Yeah, yeah oh, I, 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 I got the feeling that it was like at a inn on the road. And he's kind of in his room, deep in thought. Crisscross applesauce. Uh, and then our next scene, uh, all I have to say is shirtless Lan. What more needs to be said? Need to say more? No. Um, we see Lan shirtless uh, doing sword forms. Um, and by the way, he's shirtless while he's doing them. Um, and and it, it's, it's Lan very shirtless. <laughs> There's a camera. There's a camera that seems to be focused on shirtless Lan. Uh, there's a camera. <laughs> we'll move on to the next scene where we see somebody on a horse riding towards a bright light in what looks like a foggy forest. Fog. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. <laughs> you don't need yeah. to. We, we, we got you. Yeah. We got you. <laughs> so our next scene uh, is Pat and Fane looking very unhappy. Yep. He's he's he is he is a little miffed at some at something. He looks like he's ready to bite somebody. Yep. And, and have we seen this look from Pat and Fane before? Yes. That was that's in when he was giving the speech to Perrin. He looked like that. He wasn't. He's not smiling. You can see his teeth, but he is not smiling. So I think what we can take from this is he's got another really juicy monologue. Ooh, one can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Pat and Fane monologue face. <laughs> is he perhaps, who's he giving it to though? Perhaps he finally giving his monologue to Matt. What, what do we see in the background? I see like dirt hills, but I also see greenery. So I don't think this is necessarily in the desert location. No, it's like a beach. No. Yes, oh, it could be a beach. It looks like a North Carolina beach uh-huh. to me. Sand dunes with vegetation growing on them. Yeah. Well, we know you can use the ways, so could right. be anywhere, really. Uh, well, where did we uh, see a waygate earlier? Somewhere in, in a tropical, tropical, lush, yeah. lush tropical. It was at a sandals in Jamaica. <laughs> and then moving on, our next scene is uh, just a. It looks like a map with a, a battle layout on it, like somebody's playing a big game of Risk. Uh, so what do we see on this battle map? Boats. Uh, boats, boats and right. towers or possibly way stations. 
and tokens. Or maybe trebuchets? Oh, there's definitely yeah, trebuchets yeah, on there. Yeah. It looks to me almost like the folks coming in from the boats have taken control of whatever right, city by the color that is. of the tokens. Okay. And then and then the outside folks are now sieging it. So if, if those are the white cloaks, which would make sense by the color of the characters, the white cloaks have now come to take back this city that has been won by whoever came in from the boats. What do we see in the background? Where could this camp be located? It's on the beach, and uh, this, this looks like sort of the same geography that you would have from that uh, very short watchtower. Um, so I'm sure they're related. We see a white cloak skirt in the back there. Oh, oh, way in the back. I was looking at the back of the map, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> you are correct. So this is this is a white cloak war room. They are truly in everybody's business. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that they and then are. our next scene, uh, we see some people getting dragged down the street. And more fog. Uh, and, and who is that first person getting dragged down the street? Aaron. Uh, that's definitely parent. Um, and then the person further down the street looks to be dragging a couple of people with them. Is that a person? Yeah, my only thought here is who can drag Perrin for one thing and who can drag multiple other people without seeming to have an issue? It's got to be Trollocs, right? Trollocs in armor? I, 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 I would... I, I would say that would be one in, one possible answer, yeah. Something to do with fog. Ogiers, maybe. It's a, or, Ogiers are a possibility, but I just don't see Ogiers... Actually dragging Perrin, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> doing this, so... Because it would be a very slow drag. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless Loyal's just really fed up and is like, come on, Perrin, we're going now. Listen, <laughs> I'm getting out of here. <laughs> oh, fine. If you want to be hasty about it, then let's be hasty about it. <laughs> And then our next image, this one's really interesting. Uh, we've got a woman with some kind of a gold veil-type mask thing. This, this looks similar to the, uh, the people that were on the boat at the end of Season 1. I, I recall these sort of metal uh, face coverings. Yeah, that's kind of what I got as well. So this looks like it's it's a it's taller than the uh, than what the the folks on the boat were wearing. So this is somebody in leadership. So this is the almighty tallest. Well, maybe not the tallest, but taller. What, what do we think about this person? What 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 might their station be? It's leadership. Yeah, I'm thinking leadership. Um, very high up on the food chain. Um, I notice it's the opposite of what the enslaved women were wearing where they were muzzled but had their face open mm -hmm. she has her mouth free but her face is veiled um so there's definitely like a barrier but not a barrier to keep her from anything a barrier to keep other people out mm. right this is somebody that needs to be heard but not necessarily seen like you don't get the privilege of seeing her Right. Kind of the, the way you guys are talking, it kind of reminds me of the mouth of Sauron. Yeah, I get those vibes too, especially with the, the shape of the helmet. And 
almost kind of mandible-like parts to the side of the helmet as well. Um, and then our next scene following that, uh, do you want to share that one, Simon? This looks like a person falling off a off a horse because of a the same dark cloaked possible fade in front. It it looks like a, it looks like the same location, sort of those yeah. stones yeah. in the kind, ground, kind of tombstoney type of stones, right. yeah, and the green garden type. And this fate is pretty bad posture, too, so. <laughs> yeah. It's an attack stance, but, yeah. Um, so, clearly, we're going to have a scene where a fade scares somebody off of a right. horse. Um, and then we move into our last scene uh, before our title's card, and it's just a very blurry image of a man bringing a sword down in an overhead chopping motion. We're going to have sushi. No. Uh, it, it, it could be an execution. It could be an attack. It could be, yeah. uh, I'll I was going to say from, from the way I look at it, it, it really feels like the motion of, of beheading a killing stroke. Um, and yeah, that is the, what we got from San Diego comic-con, um, a whole lot of stuff to, to think about for season two right there. Um, I already love where you guys are going with your, your, theories and, and crazy ideas. I gotta say, I'm super <laughs> excited about this season. There was so many yeah. high-pitched noises coming out of my house when I watched this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have to ask, uh, what was everybody's favorite little clip that they saw there? Uh, what, what, what's got you most excited? Oh, the white cloak with the axe. I need to know Ooh. this guy's story. There, there's something there's something there that this is maybe not a true believer. This may be a, I don't know, double agent, somebody who is strayed from the flock, seems to be sort of solo. For me, I, I'm a sucker for action. So the fact that we're ratcheting up the action for this season and last season was great with all the intrigue and the storytelling, but now I get to see some actual fighting, I'm super excited for just that in general i'm really looking forward to i'm really looking forward to just learning more about the iel because their their culture just fascinates me i want to see more about their life in the iel wastes is there anything that stood out to you some yeah um a couple things uh the jungle waygate very excited to see that like We've seen desert, we've seen mountains, we've seen well, a few different kinds of climates and places, but we have not come across a jungle yet. So between them and the invading ships, um, really, really excited to see. Also, like the one thing that I did pause on actually was the, um, the war room map. Um, so I spent mm. more time than others on that than other scenes clips whatever um studying that and i'm pretty sure those two things are connected um so yay not so not so happy to find out that like to realize that's a white cloak warm room <laughs> white cloaks are like, <laughs> oh they remind me too much of like the worst of the church but you know what let's go 
<laughs> yeah, and with that, uh, this has gotten to be a very long episode about like one minute's worth of content. So uh, I think we'll we'll cut it off there. Uh, we're going to rush this episode out. So uh, the episode that we were going to release this week is going to be pushed back to next week. And uh, you'll definitely want to come back for that one because uh, I finished editing it yesterday and it is freaking hilarious. And like usual, we want to say thank you to Michael and Jen out at the Secret Watch Party Island headquarters. Thank you so much for helping us put this together, Michael and Jen. Thank you, Michael and Jen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that uh, at gmail.com. You can find us on all of the social medias at whatwatchparty. Uh, you can also find our website, whatwatchparty.com, which has links to everything else I just talked about. And final question for the panel. You just saw some uh, previews of what's coming in season two. I want your craziest theory of what you expect to see next season. Everything takes place 30 years ago. Uh, Rand's a time traveler and he's in a grandfather pair of books. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am most intrigued by our, uh, our new white haired white cloak. He seems to be sort of a, sort of a, a lone, you know, a lone wolf out there, highly trained, seems to be taking on, you know, all comers who seems to, this is, this is the white cloak equivalent of Chuck Norris. <laughs> okay. So when he does a push up, he's not pushing himself up. He's pushing the planet yes. down. Yes. Okay. Why not? All right. I want to know what the fixation is with the fog. So I'm working on this theory that Rand is the big bad for season two. He comes back. He's lost all his marbles. The fog is this mind control ray that he's sending out into the universe and now the ogiers are are like going in and messing stuff up because he's controlling their brains through this magical fog Ooh, that is pretty nuts so i like it um now that the five are separated they have established a telepathic group chat through the sword <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Hotty White Cloak and Leandrin have a passionate love affair, and that's going to be the focus of season two. Unfortunately, that doesn't seem far-fetched to me. <laughs> <laughs> so so your crazy theory is Hotty uh, White Cloak is the man in North Harbor. Yeah. Speaking of baby bunnies. <laughs> uh, would you like to introduce our next uh, clip I here? guess I ran right into that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now the next clip, we see our favorite naive person looking like she's in the White Tower in uh, the uh, clothes of a novice. Oh. <laughs> not you want to try again from stop? No.
Okay. We have Egwene here. 